Welcome back, Priceline Nation. This is Mike. So in October of 2018, we had the ultra-high-energy, ultra-intelligent, ultra-endurancy Matt Mosman, who is the CEO of Endure Elite, which is a supplement brand meant for endurance athletes. In the first 30 minutes or so, we talk about Matt's background and, and Matt in general, and then the second half of it, we get into the best supplements for endurance athletes, talk about carbohydrates, beta alanine, caffeine, creatine, and a few other things, and then at the end, get into the keto diet for ultra endurance athletes. Matt is extremely high energy, so let's get right to it. I get a little hyper and fired up. <laughs> you know, Matt, we're already recording, so here we go. Welcome to the Price awesome. Podcast. Welcome to Price yeah, With us is Matt Mosman of Endure Elite. And so, Matt, obviously, uh, if anyone's ever seen your videos, you are a high energy character. We expect no less this time. And so, you already kicked it off <laughs> the right way. And so, um, being that this is your first time on the channel, I'd like you to, to introduce yourself. You're obviously uh, an endurance uh, phenomenon, let's just say for now. And, uh, and so, uh, there's a few things we'd like to talk about. But first, I'd like to introduce you, talk about your background, and then get into, uh, and then maybe we can spin this off in another video, but talk about. Uh, the stuff endurance supplements, which is your specialty. So, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And you're right. I am an endurance guy. I mean, look at me. I'm practically starving over here. I haven't lifted a weight in like two years. So, <laughs> endurance is definitely, definitely my specialty. And I, yeah, I, I'm I tend to have a lot of high energy and get a little bit hyper, but that's just because I care about this stuff. That, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of it's tough. A lot of people, and the longer they get into it, they uh, they don't care so much. That's why you got to be into the things that you love. Oh, that's absolutely. I mean, it, that shows through really. I mean, apparently, when people don't get excited about things, like I hate listening to you know podcasts or videos where they get this super bright individual on their scientists, and they're just like so monotonous and boring. You just like want to bang your head against your desk all day long. I'd rather <laughs> put some excitement in some things. That's right, and let the record show that Matt does have a beer on YouTube. He's I not do have a beer. Yet. It's, there he it's is. It's the season for Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Oh, all right. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is that time. Yeah, I, mean, I should say it is August 31st of 2018. It's a Friday. So, yeah, we're playing it a little bit loose here. I think I like these Friday podcasts. I'm like uh, in, in that good mood, too. So I don't have a beer. Absolutely. I do have a pre-workout, though. So, <laughs> so nice. Matt, for our, for our viewers, who are you? Who am I? That seems to be the million dollar question I've gotten probably over 200 times in the last 15 days. So basically, I'm, a, I'm kind of like a well-kept seeker in the supplement industry, and I, I've done that by choice, and we can get into that later. But basically, I've been involved with uh, the supplement industry for the past 15 years. And I really got interested in it uh, during my time at Creighton University when I was uh, studying exercise science and had a chance to do a lot of cool supplement research under a guy named Dr. Jeff Stout. So when you hear that name, I mean, he's one of the few individuals I would consider like the godfather of supplement research. Like he was doing creatine research before anybody else. So I really had a chance to kind of get into that supplement research back in college. And, you know, being an endurance athlete, I ran cross country, I ran track, I ran as a pro for Adidas for a while too, but I always liked the role that supplements played in my performance. So, I mean, it just all fit well together. Um, after Creighton, I went on to get my master's in exercise physiology with a kind of an emphasis in sports nutrition, got all these certifications that I have like 20 letters after my name now and all that baloney. Um, but then it's just, I kind of really delved in, um, to the supplement industry as a consultant 
And I, I guess I always pride myself on, you know, doing more than I was expected and just really trying to do a, a good job for these companies. And my reputation started to build slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly within the supplement industry at the point where I was probably getting like 10 emails a day saying, hey, Matt, what can you do for us as far as, you know, formulation, doing a research study, writing content, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, this is for the birds. I don't want to work this much. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just kind of narrowed it down to the um, these few companies that I decided to work with, probably like 10. And, you know, working for them based on what they're all about, their quality, uh, what they're trying to accomplish. Like, I wasn't interested in working for another, I mean, a company that's doing things all the wrong ways and just like gimmicky and all this other baloney. So, I uh, consulted for a while right after my master's, and then um, I went on board with uh, Muscle Farm for a while, working as a research scientist there. Um, you know, we all know what happened with Muscle Farm. And then after that, my Muscle Farm days were over. Um, I went to go do more consulting, so I've done consulting, and they won't care if I say this because I love all these guys, like the guys over at Performax Labs, the guys huh. over at Muscle Ford. There we go, I'm holding I, the sticker. Yes, yeah. Performax is awesome. I'm a huge fan, yeah. obviously. Yeah, uh, muscle sport, controlled labs, RSP. I mean, you name any supplement company in the industry, and I've probably worked with them in, in one aspect or another. And beyond that, the guys I don't work, I didn't work with, you know, I talk to guys like Chris over at Inspired Nutraceuticals, mm -hmm. we're friends. So I guess, you know, I'm just, I'm really ingrained in the in the supplement industry. So did that for a while. Then uh, uh, contacted Mark Glazier over at Nutribio, whom you're very familiar with. And it was the funny story there is I contacted him on LinkedIn, like a message. And he, he e emails me back. He's like, and he can verify this story. He's like, I think you're the only person I've ever messaged back on LinkedIn about your, about your letter you sent me. So, yeah. So we, uh, we talked and yeah, I went on board as Nutribio's chief science officer, um, helping him with content and formulations and working closely with Mark and his team over there. I mean, it really, really awesome time. I mean, I love everything about what Nutribio is doing. They're, they're a fantastic group of guys, as we all know. And I was with Nutribio for about oh, two years, I want to say. And then I decided to kind of go off on my own and, and focus on, you know, a line of my own more geared towards endurance athletes. So that in the nutshell is, is, is Matt Mossman. Yeah. And so, yeah, just to, to wind it back to where, uh, what I forgot to say in the intro is that in the matter of three days, I started talking about how I wanted to uh, interview more of the intelligent people in the, in the, in the industry. Your oh, name, hold on. Yeah. Now. You got those 20, <laughs> you got those 20 letters. No. So yeah, your name came up twice in a matter of three days. And one of them, Ben Kane at Nutribio and uh, Doug Kalman, where we talked about BCAs, we were actually testing Nutribio stuff. They both mentioned you. So uh, that's how we, uh, that's how we got linked up and everything. Now, when you're talking about you were like with Nutribio, were you actually living in New Jersey or were you still? Nope, I was. I'm from located in Spearfish, South Dakota, which is like middle of the sticks, like South Dakota, man, which is yeah, which like it fits me to a perfect like. I'm I'm a redneck at heart, man. I just like to play around with science every once in a while. So, yeah, I was working remotely for Nutribio. Then I would go to New Jersey um, mm -hmm. every once in a while too to see all the guys and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a good arrangement. Like big city, not for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey, you got a good internet connection. It looks like so you are still in South Dakota right now, right? Yeah, I'm still in South Dakota. I just want to like ride my four wheeler, shoot my guns, and like do some cool research and write cool things and develop badass supplements. I mean, that's really all I want to do. Hell yeah! So one thing you told me the first time we talked on the phone is that um, obviously Muscle Farm was a wild experience, I and mean, there was just 
money flying around. It was kind of a publicly held company, money all over the place and everything. But one thing that you, it seemed like you wanted to emphasize is that the research you were doing was like legitimate research. This was not some rinky dink, uh, you know, stabbing at, at crap trying to like make, I don't know, make something bad happen. You were actually doing some legit stuff with that money. Um, amongst other things with that money, like private jets and all that, but 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 the research, I'd love to I'd love to hear like what were you what were you working on back then? And this was probably around yeah, like abs- twenty ten kind of time. I can, yeah, I can absolutely comment on the research, the planes and airplanes and other money. I really don't know. They don't about, put the researchers but... on the private jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's beyond my pay grade. Not, not special <laughs> enough. I was just a guy in a lab coat back there. Um, but no, I think most people get this impression like. The whole like muscle farm research site was just like some gimmick or scam where like they just put a guy back in the lab and he sit around and twiddle his thumb all day long. But I mean, that was not the case. Like there was actual legitimate research going on at Muscle Farm. And my, most people might say, well, you know, Muscle Farm's paying for it, so obviously it's gonna be biased. But that's not the case. Like we had top level doctors and scientists like juggernauts in the industry working for Muscle Farm. So to name a few, Dr. Eric Serrano, Dr. Mike Kim, Dr. Jordan Moon, Dr. Jordan Joy, and all these bright minds that, I mean, the guys had ethics. They're not just back there doing the study and like manipulating results just to show that, you know, a a Muscle Farm product is is doing a certain thing. I mean, these were IRB approved studies that were run legitimately. Can you tell everyone what IRB means? Institutional Review Board, that means basically you you present your study to a board of people that may have a specialty in medicine or strength conditioning and so on and so forth. And they go to sh- through it to make sure it's safe, it's ethical, like it's a well-run study. So it wasn't just like us pulling in a bunch of bros from you know the street and having them bench press till they crush their neck. Um, so it, Other studies do like, do that then? Is that what you're implying? What's that? Are you implying that other studies do that? I'm not going to say anything like that, but science is such like a weird thing. Like I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Like science is such a weird thing. Like most people think like science proves something like it. Science doesn't prove a damn thing. It demonstrates things. You get closer and closer to an answer. Right. So like this whole science thing has become very gimmicky in the last, I don't know, two, two or three years. Right. With the supplement industry. And like, I consider myself a pretty smart guy when it comes to the science and the data and the research and I can interpret things pretty good. But I'm still confused the hell out of my research. And I just, I see all these people like throwing the word around science and how it, you know, these rats just like ran for 80 extra miles <laughs> drinking goat ball juice. And they're like, oh God, we're going to throw this into something now. And it proves that it works. But anyways, off on a tangent, like the, the Muscle Farm Lab, I mean, that place, I mean, easily a three to $5 million lab back there. You had metabolic carbs, DEXA machines, uh, focus and reaction things, body composition, altitude tents. And then beyond that, like where we did the train studies, like in the gym, I mean, the gym was immaculate. I mean, just a beautiful facility. Like what we were doing there would rival a university study. And in fact, I think we probably pushed out more studies in my time there than a lot of universities could have. So yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of shit happened with Muscle Farm, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. But, like, the whole research part about it was actually very, very legitimately run studies. Can you can you give us a, a specific example of, like, one of the research studies you were proud of? Uh, it must have- uh, one of the ones we did was on, um, geez, now I'm going to forget the name of it. Uh, uh, this is tell you how long I've been on Muscle Farm. Their amino product. 
and we were testing it on measures of like muscle damage and then uh, a bunch of other variables. But the interesting thing that we found, we were comparing it to like uh, Gatorade, sugar water, uh, and a placebo, and like some just like colored water. But anyways, we found like the amino one, that's what it was called, yeah, yeah, actually yeah. improved uh, intercellular hydration, which was actually a pretty interesting find. And you just said like, you can't it, prove anything. You said you proved it. Sorry, demonstrate. <laughs> you got me. Damn it. You got me there, son of a gun. Now I look bad. <laughs> We're not editing it. Everyone, uh, everyone forgives you, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, See, go on. That's, that's, I, hey, I make mistakes. I'm all right with that. But yeah, just like something like that improved, improved intercellular hydration compared to like Gatorade in this, in this, uh, this other like placebo. And then like your typical pre-workout studies with, with assault back in the day, you know, assault had caffeine, beta alanine, creatine, all which you'll see in a typical like uh, bodybuilding type workout. And we did measures of muscular endurance, power, strength, focus, reaction time, time to exhaustion, wind gates. I mean, all this other stuff. And, you know, we found some pretty good results off of it. And, you know, the point being too, is like, I don't know any other company at that time that, 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 or maybe even now that was doing that level of research or spending that much money on research. Like the CEO at the time, like he really believed in that. I know he's getting kind of a bad rap now, but he did put a lot of stock into the research and realize what it meant. And I mean, at various points too, we were actually doing studies in collaboration with all these big universities. And I mean, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can go over to the the Muscle Farm Sports Science website still, I think. And you'll see, I mean, hundreds of studies up on there that, you know, that were conducted internally or conducted with a major university. So, yeah, just to set the record straight, like, yeah, Muscle Farm, I mean, a lot of stuff went down, but I would never doubt the quality of research that was was coming out of that lab based on, you know, my personal relationships with the people working in there and what they have done. Awesome. Now, now, given like the, the research on the pre-workout, obviously we know creatine and caffeine alone are going to do some stuff. Beta alanine, it depends on what you're doing really. But um, with amino one, what do you think was the, which ingredients do you think were more, it's tough to tease this stuff out because you have so many ingredients in a product like that. What do you think was uh, causing the uh, better hydration? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> And I mean, the BC, the, the amino one, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, could it be the BCAs? Maybe. I mean, there was coconut water in there, maybe, but the research on coconut water is pretty weak mm -hmm. uh, compared to being a better hydrator than just like plain old water. Um, I mean, it could have been like the taurine. Taurine's an osmolite. Right. I mean, it could be the creatine. There's some research to suggest that creatine can help intercellular hydration. So that's, that's, like I said, that's kind of the cool thing about science is it demonstrates stuff and then you, you hope somebody else will replicate the study and you'll get closer and closer and closer to an answer as to why, why something happened. Um, you know, like caffeine, I mean, it's pretty easy. Caffeine has, geez, a thousand studies over on easily. And I think we're closer to an answer on that uh, in regards to like anything with like BCAs mm -hmm. and that whole debacle of BCAs versus EAAs versus protein versus all this other crap. <laughs> well, do you have an opinion on those? Yes, I, I actually do. I don't know if a lot of people are going to use this, but most people think like BCAs are totally worthless, right? They're not. Are, are BCAs better than EAAs? Uh, not necessarily. I think they're kind of equal. The thing most people don't realize is like the BCAs, like leucine acts as the trigger for muscle protein synthesis, mm -hmm. right? And more than likely, if you're not fasting, 
you're going to have enough like building material from the essential amino acid pool in your body that when you take in BCAs with leucine acting as a trigger, muscle protein synthesis is going to be stimulated. Now, you'll hear too, like, yo, adequate protein, you don't need BCAs and you don't need EAAs. And you're right. You don't need any supplements for that matter. You don't have to have them. It's, it's what they are. They supplement the diet. But BCAs, like, especially like with endurance exercise, I mean, they can be used as a fuel source when carbohydrate availability is low. Um, it can blunt uh, it can blunt muscle fatigue. It just competes with the uptake of tryptophan. So there's a lot of cool applications for BCAs. So I, it drives me absolutely nuts, you know, going on these message boards, which I tend to avoid because it does drive me nuts. I'm going to regret something I say um, that BCAs are worthless. No, not at all. Are they better than EAs? It just depends in certain situations. And EAA might be better if like you're really in a fasted state and you need that building material. But otherwise, if you're well-fed, BCAs, the leucinex is the trigger for muscle protein synthesis. And bada bing, bada boom, you're getting swole. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the things backing up to, to the muscle farm study was you talked, you showed, uh, you showed the product being better than a lot of the, like the sugary sports drinks in terms of, in certain terms, some of the things that they market for, they're all about hydration. And I, I remember covering this study actually, and I was really excited. It seemed like muscle farm was going to be one of the first ones to put out a, uh, a ready to drink BCA amino acid bottle, which really, I guess it took longer than anyone had planned to do. And I think Cyvation finally did it. And now there's some, some other ones, but it, I guess it was kind of hard to, to suspend that stuff in a liquid. Um, but still, it seems like no one in the sports nutrition industry and the amino acid, let me just say industry, hasn't really been able to, to take on these sports drinks so much, even though it seems like there could be benefits. Like, do you have any take on that? Or as an endurance person, did you care at all? Um, well, like compared to like why they really, this is just my humble opinion, yeah. you know, why they haven't caught up to like typical sports drink. I mean, just honestly, look at the marketing power. Like who owns Gatorade? Pepsi Cola, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been around forever and their marketing budget is probably 20 bajillion dollars <laughs> yeah. compared to like, you know, everybody thinks like these supplement companies are huge, but like in the whole scheme of thing, the supplement industry is like a 20 to $30 billion industry I, from last I heard. And you compare that to like food companies and pharmaceuticals and that's it, it's freaking peanuts. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I mean, that's one thing, the marketing budget. And then to actually get like an amino type product in mass channels, it, it, it's hard. And you really, I mean, you're really catering to a targeted demographic, in my opinion. Like, I would say, like, the majority of the population, like, as a whole, doesn't know about amino acids or what the heck they do. They know about protein, and that's why you see protein drinks in the store. But to do, like, a, a sole amino acid drink as a sports drink, it'd just be a tough sell. And then you're right, like, with the suspension in a liquid, I think it's really, like, I really don't know how long that would really stay good before it got kind of pungent and, and gross and whatnot so mm -hmm. um you know somebody could probably speak better to that than me but that's kind of my my guess is as to why like the whole amino acid drinks really haven't caught on cool so we got a lot of Nutribio fans in the channel you are you willing to talk about are you allowed to talk about anything you were doing over there yeah i don't i don't think mark would mind <laughs> absolutely yeah we're, we're good buddies we talk every once in a while so, yeah, with Nutribio, the letter I sent to Mark was like, hey, I've done this in the supplement industry. Like, so you can think of me like as your one-stop shop for the supplement industry. Like, I can do 
formulations. I can do graphics. I can write content. I'm very well versed on FDA. I can design websites. I'm damn good at that. Yeah, I know right. Adobe applications. So I think a lot of the draw, like as far as why as people sought me out or I put myself as there is like, you could call me and I can give you everything you need to start a supplement company in less than two days and get you up and running. But yeah, I just, I sent that, I sent that, um, letter to Mark and at the time I was like you know I liked what he was doing like I basically like sought certain companies out I wanted to work with and I sent them an email and I really liked what Mark was doing with like the quality and the transparency and this was this was really before I think even Nutribio like really got popular and took off mm -hmm. and I just said hey I'd like to bring my skills to you if you see a benefit uh, you know to this I'd like to talk more and it kind of started out as just like a a really loose relationship. I did some like uh, content for them, some product write-ups um, and things like that to start. And then it evolved to helping uh, with, with formulations. Like Mark would come up with a formulation and he'd be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, you might wanna change X, Y, Z. You might wanna look at this ingredient. This might work better together. And it was just, it was just a good uh, working relationship. But I would say like the main part of my focus um, you know, the majority of it was just writing really good quality content that was based on the evidence. But it was it was spun in a fun way. Like nobody wants to sit down and read a peer-reviewed journal. I mean, God, I mean, mm -hmm. that's terrible. So you know, taking the evidence, taking the research, you know, making it easy to understand and be and be fun and entertaining and enjoyable to read, and like giving his his consumers some useful information. So if you go on the Nutribio blog now, I think a lot of my articles are still up there. Oh, cool. Um, yeah as far as the content. So that was that was my my uh, kind of main responsibilities at uh, at Nutribio. That's awesome. Hey, if uh, nothing else works out, we'll, we'll we'll hire back we'll hire you back on as a writer for us as well. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it seems like content writing is definitely a good uh, entryway into, you know, a lot of in, into the industry as well as uh, being a forum rep. A lot of people came from those angles and so a lot of people looking uh, to see how you can get in if you can write yeah. then we can find something for you and if you're good on video we can definitely find something for you but oh yeah dude um here's here's the thing like content and like videos like if you would want to start like a supplement company now like in the bodybuilding space i feel like right now like to be successful you have to be more than just a good product man like mm -hmm. i can copycat anything like i mean most pre-workouts are the same so i like the guys like over like ghost like, yeah, their products are good, but their brand is awesome. Like, that's what it's going to be all about, like, here in the next, I don't know, in my opinion, again, the next 10 years. The companies that can build a brand and offer good products on the side are the ones that can be successful. Like, on my website, like, my content is way more valuable than my products just because it gets people to the site. It builds consumer confidence and trust. I mean, we have a big family that follows us. I mean, it's it's creating that connection, getting the trust and loyalty of the customers while also offering a good product and and whatnot. And I think that's that's going to really be the ticket. And I only think like with all the companies I've ever worked for, I think I can maybe name like five off the top of my head or who are doing that right now. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of your company, then let's talk a little bit about it. So you you, you started in early. Um, do you have a partner? I, I think you mentioned Jordan Joy from Muscle Farm. Are, you're working with him, right? Correct. Yep. Jordan Joy, I, I met at Muscle Farm. Super bright researcher. Um, the guy is, geez, 26, 27, and he has probably three times the amount of publications than guys like two or three times his, 
his uh, his age. Nice. So very well. He just got finished his PhD in exercise physiology with sports nutrition. Like super bright guy. Like I don't say that about many people. Like super bright guy. Awesome formulator. Awesome content writer. I mean, he he is a huge asset to like any company. Like I mean, he could just he could make a call and like today and be like, you know what? Screw you, Matt. I'm out. I'm gonna go work for somebody <laughs> else. And they they would pick him up. He's like he's like that much of a talent. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he's really the brains of the operation. I'm just the the goofy guy that likes to talk on videos. And <laughs> you're you're the energy. So, what, what kind of content are you guys covering on your site? I, I imagine you're catering more towards towards endurance athletes. Absolutely. Like, so the majority of it, like, I'll probably shoot at least like eh, three to five videos a week on anything related to endurance training, um, nutrition, supplementations. I'll chase after like. BS fads like I did a I did a video on bulletproof coffee that got some people up in arms and like oh kombucha and detoxing. So I mean most of it revolves around like uh, the endurance spectrum, nutrition, supplement, and training. But then sometimes I get a wild hair up my ass and like just get angry about something or something that pisses me off, and then I just do a video on it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're pushing out like three to five videos a week. Um, Jordan's writing about the same as far as content and articles. I mean we just. We try to cover everything. Like we want to be like the one-stop shop for like information, like good, not just information, but good information on all those kind of topics without the typical like, you know, lose 10 pounds in two minutes or like, <laughs> you know, put on eight inches on your chest by doing these exercises and all that crap. Like I have, I have zero interest in doing that. Like I didn't build my reputation on spinning a bunch of bro science and I, I don't ever intend to. No, definitely not. <laughs> cool. So, um, so Endurelite, uh, is, is this typically, are you doing purely online video marketing? Do you ever go to like any of these races or anything like that? Have a booth or is it? No, I think, I mean, that's kind of an, in my opinion, again, that's just kind of an antiquated method to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I see all my competitors in the endurance space and they, they do that. Uh, they go to races, they go to booths, but like their their online presence, which things are making a shift to, is is very weak. So I tend to capitalize on that more. I mean, as far as return on investment, I mean, it's just my time of shooting the video, putting up the content, and it pays off. You know, uh, it it pays off a lot better for me than if I were to go to a race or a booth or like a, a conference or something like that and hand out you know samples and whatnot. Like I don't I don't have any interest in that. Gotcha. Okay. So before we spin off to our next video, talking about the uh, the specific endurance supplements, I'd like to get a little more personal. Uh, and a lot of these videos are for my selfish needs as well. But um, so I used to be more of an endurance athlete than I am now. Uh, but you have, I believe, three children, right? I have three little hell raisers at home. You bet. <laughs> exactly. So how in the hell do you do you do uh, endurance sports when you have kids like that? Like I see guys who are. Uh, and, you know, when, even when I was training for a sprint triathlon, I, and I, I swim all the time and everything, that's easy. But the, the cycling is just like so much time on the road uh, that I, I did a few of them. I was like, this is just too much. I'd rather just suffer on the bike. Uh, and so, like, how does someone like, like yourself who's running a business, three children, how do you also be a good endurance athlete, especially because <laughs> endurance takes forever? Oh, endurance does take forever. Here's the God honest truth. Here is the God honest truth. I wake my ass up at 3 a.m. every single morning. I chug a ton of caffeine or pre-workout, and 30 minutes, I'm out the door for like a two-hour run or bike ride really? or something else. And I get it done. I get back around 5 o'clock. Kids are getting up. Mm-hmm. Get breakfast. Get them breakfast. You know, work from, you know, 7 to, to 6 at night. 
hang out with the family for a little bit, go to bed at nine and <laughs> rinse, wash and repeat. Awesome. Okay. Or so wash, yeah. Rinse, repeat. yeah. 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 So you're yeah, okay. Gotcha. And that's, that's a simple, uh, sound, you make it sound easier than it is, but yeah, 3am uh, is definitely early, but you got to get to bed on time. That's, that's amazing. You probably have some awesome stuff out there in South Dakota, I'm guessing. Oh yeah. Most people think like South Dakota is flat hillbilly land, like plains. And for the most part it is, but like up in the black, but, but yeah, up in the Black Hills of South Dakota, um, it's beautiful. It's like a mini Colorado, like endless trails, camping, fishing, hiking, shooting, chopping wood, like basically everything I love to do without all the crazy people or the craziness, not people, the craziness going on in Colorado and not having to fight people for that access to like mm -hmm. the outdoors. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal out here. And okay, and did, did you, uh, were you raised out there? Nope, I was raised on a farm in good old Iowa. Oh, okay. So yep. a, a bit of a transition, but you, you, you've always had space. Probably never be a city guy, huh? You could not pay me $10 billion to go in a city. There's no way in God's green earth. <laughs> What's it like to you? Okay. So you're, you're, you're a high energy person. What, what triggers you when you go into uh, if you, I want to throw you in a Times square right now. What goes into me? Like I, no. I want to find like the closest place to go hide, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think just like, I don't know. I'm like, most people don't know this. Like I'm really high energy right. like on videos <laughs> and I have a lot of enthusiasm as you can probably tell. But in, in my real life, I'm, I'm pretty, a, a pretty private person. I mean, obviously I didn't put myself out there in the supplement industry. So, you know, I keep a close group of friends and whatnot, but like I get around crowds, man. And I just, yeah, it's just like that confining, like coming in on me. I just, I, I don't like it. Not one that. bit. I mean, yeah. So uh, the reason you're getting yourself out there right now though, is that because like, that's just kind of where, a brand has to go. You got to have a face of the brand. You have to be out there putting out the video content. If you could, I think. Well, you think so? I think maybe that's my outlet. Since I'm not like that social of a person in real life, I think the videos act as an avenue to kind of get this information. And like, I really like doing the videos too. But that's my favorite part about Endurly. Just you know, pushing out good, pushing out good content that's useful. It's it's fun. It's interesting and whatnot and people can learn a lot from it and that's what i hear a lot like man we can tell you really care about this we can tell you're passionate about this and that's that's the cool part about it so i'd say yeah it's kind of like an outlet to, to get it out there but something like one part of of you know the job that i really do enjoy awesome okay and so uh we're gonna make links if you're watching on youtube or we'll have an associated blog post of this when i get it done um we're gonna have links to your youtube channel what so when you're talking about this content where is your main content platform that you're pushing to i think it's facebook is it Yep. So, I mean, we'll have the Enduralete Facebook channel. All the videos and uh, the content are on the Enduralete website. So it's E-N-D-U-R-E-L-I-T-E.com. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. A lot of content goes on, on Facebook, Instagram, and we're all over the place. We try to hit all the avenues. Got to. Awesome. Okay. So we'll have links to them. And so if you're, uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube, then you, well, Matt, thanks so much for joining. If you're watching on YouTube, we're gonna cut into another video right now where we're gonna talk about uh, the best supplements for endurance athletes. So look for that video as well. And for everyone else listening on audio, well, here we go. <laughs> welcome to Price Plow. All right, and we're back. So welcome to Price Plow. <laughs> So welcome to Price Plow. My name is Mike, and I'm here with the Honorable Matt Mosman, who is an extraordinary endurance athlete. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the founder and I'm going to say founder and CEO of Enduralite, a sports chief endurance officer, chief endurance officer of of Enduralite, a sports nutrition company that's clearly uh, marketed towards endurance athletes like yourself. 
and like my former self. (laughs) Absolutely. And so we just had a video where we were talking about uh, we were talking about Matt in general, introducing him, his history and his past. If you want to, you know, check his credentials, we'll make a link back to that video. But uh, what I really want to talk about are right now it is August thirty first of twenty eighteen. I want to talk about the, the the current state of endurance supplements and uh, different supplements, different diet tactics, maybe if we have time, but different uh, supplements for endurance athletes. And uh, I suppose we should also have you preface this with like different types of endurance athletes because some people consider them an uh, endurance athlete and then some people are ultra endurance athletes. So yeah. welcome back to the channel, Matt. I'm back, excited <laughs> to be back. <laughs> so yeah, like when, I, when we're talking about endurance athletes, like I think runners, bikers, swimmers, triathletes, like obstacle course racers, so more of like your traditional endurance sports. And I would even say like, you know, endurance sports even fall under like that ultra endurance sports in terms of, you know, like diet and nutrition strategies and whatnot. So yeah, when we're referring to that, I think that's kind of the athletes that come to mind. Um, now the current state of, of endurance supplements, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Like the majority of supplements for endurance athletes right now, I would say are sports drinks, gels, chews, Waffles. It's not really what you think of when you think of like a typical supplement like the gym crowd is used to, right? I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, and your brand doesn't have any waffles, I don't think, do you? Ooh, I don't have any waffles, but those things are damn tasty. Like, I (laughs) I gotta get me some of those. But that's what that's what we're talking about, like in terms of like what most companies do now in terms of endurance supplements. And and some of this is, I mean, some of these are good, and we can get that in a second. But a lot of them, like the main players really are missing the boat. And I shouldn't even say this because I'm going to let them into a secret, but I will anyways. They don't really focus on like your true supplements, uh, not true supplements, but like your typical supplements like the gym crowd is used to. So like things like uh, caffeine and beta alanine and beetroot powder and taurine and creatine, like these old, these endurance supplement companies are a bunch of dinosaurs basically right now, in my humble opinion. And you know, that's what kind of they stick to, and that's what they're used to, and that's what most endurance athletes are are used to. And um, so, yeah, that's what I'd say the current state of affairs is with the in- current endurance supplement industry and something that, I, like, I'm really trying to change. Um, so you're gonna, it, sounds, it seems like you came, and people could watch this in the previous video, you came from a sports nutrition industry background where there's mostly guys, you know, lifting in the gym, basically. Yep. But a lot of these supplements actually seem to work better for endurance athletes if uh, than anything. At least a, a few of them do, de- depending on like how long you're training and everything. Uh, yep. So it seems like you're taking some of that into this market that you are most familiar with, and you see that you're 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 trying to disrupt it in a way. Oh, absolutely! I'm going to raise hell on this, and I'm going to like <laughs> just like I'm going to get at people all angry about it. But yeah, I mean things like just take for example going back to caffeine, like. Probably at God, what ninety percent of the pre-workouts in the like the, the whole bodybuilding gym space, I would say. Like, oh, what most yeah. people don't realize is like the majority. I would say like ninety-five percent of the the majority of like evidence on caffeine is done in endurance athletes and yeah, shown to be most effective endurance athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and this it, I think is still up in the air if caffeine really does anything from uh, like a weightlifting perspective. I mean, there's some research out there is not particularly strong and if anything it seems like the caffeine may have an effect on power and maybe a little bit of endurance but i mean the majority of the research on caffeine endurance athletes demonstrates like 
improvements in time to exhaustion, time trial performance, focus, memory, I mean, by various mechanisms that they think how it works. So yeah, it's just something like, that's just one example of like, a lot of companies won't use it, like a traditional endurance company won't use it because they think caffeine is a diuretic and it's going to make your heart explode, which is total (laughs) baloney. Like this whole like caffeine being a diuretic was based on a study done like back before the time of Jesus Christ, where this guy had like people drink like a cup of coffee or uh, 12 ounces of water and or like uh, some greater amount of coffee and he noticed higher urine output. Well, like, no duh, the guy drank like 16 ounces of liquid. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> there's like no significant differences between the water and the coffee. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. And this whole thing about caffeine causing your heart to explode, like, so there's, there's a lot of good research out there that shows like caffeine can actually lower heart rate during submaximal exercise. So yeah, you get all that people buying into that miss and bull baloney and bro science that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing be- that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that study. I've never really looked into that, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I think a lot of people will say like, okay, well, if I'm going for a crazy swim and I know like I'm, I'm very familiar with my body and swimming, I know when I have a nice dose of caffeine, my swimming is way more on point. But um, a lot of people are thinking, okay, swimming is very difficult for a lot of endurance athletes. Heart rate's going like crazy because they're not as efficient and everything. And so their heart rate's already up. I think they're afraid to get their heart rate even more up from uh, a nice dose of caffeine. And so I, I would love to see that study. Maybe we could put it in the description or the blog post with us. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can send you the one on the diuretic and then lowering submaximal heart rate too. Yeah, it's, and there's, it's not just one study. There's, there's, I mean, there's, there's not a ton, but there's a few, but it seems to demonstrate that demonstration right and so when you talk about so you are you are fine with selling caffeine now it seems like with caffeine it is obviously a personal kind of thing and it and in terms of like safety parameters it does depend on your size and i don't Mm -hmm. think you're going off in the into the unsafe ranges that um that are out there but so how do you when you're making you're formulating a product you're a relatively smaller newer brand and you can't Mm -hmm. have like all these different crazy uh you know caffeine platforms on your product so how do you formulate and how do you recommend to people the right dose of caffeine that you think will be good for their endurance sport? And given also that there is a long question here, given also that there's a lot of different types of endurance athletes, how do I dose my caffeine differently if I'm on like a very long, whatever? Bike yeah, ride? absolutely. I got, I got an answer for you on that. And it's All actually right. pretty easy, easy. I mean, the way I formulate, I mean, it's always based on the evidence. So, I mean, and, but you got to make some like guesses as far as like what your consumer is going to be. but. In general, like the majority of the evidence shows that three to six milligrams per kilogram body weight uh, of caffeine is the sweet spot for improvements in endurance performance. That's like you a pretty go big above, range, though. What's that? That's a pretty big range, though. Three to six milligrams per kilogram body weight. It's a big think- range, but that's going to depend on like caffeine tolerance, body weight, and things like that too. So it can be highly variable based on that. Um, and in some studies, I mean, the three perc- the three does just as well as the six, but mm-hmm. everybody's so different. I mean, some people have a gene that expresses caffeine in a different way that where, where they react different to it. So you start with that, <clears throat> and then you um, you figure that you know your typical endurance athlete is going to be probably anywhere from 120 to 160 pounds, right? Okay. Yeah. So you you just kind of try to hit the middle ground as far as what's going to be the right dose of like caffeine anhydrous, or if you're going to combine it with like another form of caffeine, like pure energy. Um, so you like get that kind of kick of caffeine anhydrous right up front, and then you get an ingredient like pure energy that gives you a, a nice sustained release of caffeine and mm-hmm. extends the half life of it. So you know with caffeine, your initial dose 
you want to take anywhere from about 30 to 60 minutes before uh, endurance exercise, right? Because caffeine in the blood reaches peak levels around 60 minutes. And then the half-life of caffeine is about four to six hours. So the amount you ingested will be about half of that after about four to six hours. So, you know, with caffeine dosing as like an ultra type event, again, depending on the person, you're going to want to take another dose of caffeine anywhere from four to six hours in like an ultra endurance event. Um, keep on having that effect on your body. And obviously it's it's smart to practice the way you want to play and don't don't do any experiments on race day or whatever. Like you got to know uh, exactly when you want to time it up. Especially with caffeine because you don't want to do like a huge bolus amount of caffeine on race day and like 10 miles in you're about ready to poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You got to know how you respond. Did you think yes. of that one? <laughs> that yes, is, yes, yes. Pooping is uh, not funny. Especially yeah, those are some of the things I forgot about since I haven't done like such a long thing for so long. That's great. <laughs> okay, so and you've uh, you've mentioned pure energy a couple times. So is that in your formula? Might as well talk about your supplements right now, or at least like give you uh, introduce the names and then kind of yeah. So my my formulas right now it's it's basically a complete lineup. So there's a pre workout, there's a sports drink, and there's a recovery drink. But with the pure energy, I put that in my uh, pre workout. So nobody's ever done like a true pre workout for endurance athletes, and this mm -hmm. is kind of how the the idea of Endurance started. So nobody ever did that, and we actually did like we talked in the last video about my time at Muscle Farm. We did actually quite a few studies on pure energy when we were there with some really solid results in terms of endurance. So I was sold on it. So for the people that don't know, pure energy is a combination of caffeine anhydrous and terastilbene, which is a blueberry extract. Um, the ratios, uh, let's see, what's the ratios? I think it's like 60% terastilbene, 40% caffeine anhydrous. I could be wrong on that. Okay. But what they found is basically with all this research we did and the other research other people have done is, you know, one that extends the half life of caffeine from like four to six hours to six to eight hours. You're not going to get a terrible caffeine crash. You're going to get a nice released release of energy without being over the top. And there's a lot of other cool stuff that it does um, as far as how fast and how, you know, it gets into the bloodstream. So, yeah, pure energy is one of those like specialty ingredients that we included because we know that, you know, it works. And then the rest of the formula is, is composed of things that have evidence on there, not just something that was, you know, again, like gave a rat like something to drink and this rat ran like for two days straight or some crap like that yeah right yeah we've as, as a previous uh researcher on our, our channel here has said we've cured cancer in rats like a hundred times so we can, <laughs> yes sometimes you have to look beyond the rat research of course even though we do appreciate their uh you know their contributions to the scientific community um yep. so with the caffeine in your pre-workout how what is the what is the total dose of caffeine if i were to like do the math on all that and yep. what's and then I'd like to know like if you, if you have a preferred ratio is he, uh, of the pure energy to regular anhydrous. Yep. So total amount of the pre workout is approximately two hundred and fifteen milligrams. Nice. So that that kind of hits like the sweet spot as yeah. like as far as what a typical endurance athlete uh, would weigh on average. Now they could like dose lower if they want less. I don't really necessarily recommend that because you're not getting the proper dosages of the other ingredients. But right. Um, you still could. Now, as far as the ratio in the product, so I have 150 milligrams of pure caffeine anhydrous in there. So again, you get that immediate kick. Mm -hmm. And then I have another 150 from the pure energy, but you got to remember that's right. part, the 150 is part caffeine anhydrous and part of the Terra still being blueberry extract. <laughs> Jesus. There we go. And that all adds up to 215. Okay. So, yes, um, and then, and then, so people try to tweak it. If I'm going to have like a, 
uh, a swim workout I know that yeah I would like to have that 30 minutes before for myself probably and then uh, and then enjoy what I also like about some of those longer lasting caffeines even if it's like an hour swim workout or whatever I like to still be be riding high after the swim because yep. I got work I got to get back here get back to work and everything so it's yep. not a, you know sometimes sometimes I try to time it and a lot of people be like this is wrong but sometimes I try to time it for optimal work Yep. And not always optimal workout, but a lot of people would disagree with that. It just depends on what's the most important in your life sometimes. And hey, you know, yep. running a business, that, that kind of happens. Okay, so outside of caffeine, uh, what else can we do for an endurance athlete that they might not know about? Like, well, I think let's, like, I can think of, like, four or five, like, the most effective, like, supplements for endurance uh, athletes. But let's just, like, get the, the obvious out of the way. And a lot of people aren't going to expect this answer. But, like, hands down, the most effective supplement for endurance athlete is definitely without a doubt Can carbohydrate. I guess? Oh, okay. Without, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, caffeine is is high up there. Like, I would rank probably caffeine as the second most effective um, supplement for endurance athletes. I don't. Th I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me there, but and I don't think a lot of people like in the scientific community would disagree with me that carbohydrate is the most effective. Uh, supplement for endurance athlete. Now, a lot of people are probably saying, well, carbohydrates are food, you big dummy, Matt. <laughs> and it's like, oh, uh, nah, uh. you think about the, the, the stuff that we were talking about in the beginning of this video, the, the sport drink powders, the gels, uh, the chews, those are supplements, right? So, you know, the majority of endurance athletics, I mean, relies on carbohydrate, and especially like as intensity gets higher and you rely on anaerobic glycolysis, that's the only fuel source your body can use for the most part. So, you know, as an endurance athlete, you know, for your diets, I mean, depending on, you know, what your training's like, on a daily basis, you should be eating about six to 10 grams per kilogram body weight of carbohydrate, like just during the day to basically replenish muscle glycogen stores when you're all done. But then when you're out there like exercising, say on like a two to three hour bike ride, you're going to want to consume anywhere from 30 to 90 grams of carbs an hour, again, depending on intensity and duration. And where things get really funky is like with, with a lot of these sports drinks, a lot of people don't realize that your body prefers to have multiple sources of carbohydrate. Like it can only absorb like one source of carbohydrate up to about 60 grams an hour. Right. So like a lot of people will use, you know, maltodextrin <coughs> crap <coughs> yeah. and, and whatnot. But I mean, multidex, I mean, it's not the devil, but it is, but they put like, you know, the make it do better. that has maltodextrin as the main ingredient, you know, 30, 30 grams of maltodextrin for your carbohydrate and people will go out and they'll exercise for, you know, two to three hours and like, man, why do I have this gut distress? Like, why am I feeling sick? It's because your body gets to a certain point, you know, above that 60 grams of carbs an hour where it can't utilize just one carbohydrate source. Hmm. So your body's able to utilize up to 90 grams of carbs an hour, but you want to have a different combination. So like fructose combined with cyclic dextrin or just other combinations of sugar. So you can like, you can get more carbohydrate if the, the training or race demands it. Is this, is this commonly known? Cause I, I've never heard that. Is it, is it no, demonstrated no, by science? It is demonstrated by science. Uh, a lot of research by uh, Asker Jukendrup is, is the individual's name. Uh, showing this and this it, there's a, there's a ton of body of evidence out there but you know like with most endurance supplement companies they don't they don't give a flying flip about the research they just want to like push out sugar water and weird ass gels and stuff yeah, <laughs> anyways, probably cheaper than sugar water that stuff's like filthy cheap oh lord yeah maltodextrin <clears throat> pennies on the dollar yeah okay so 
<laughs> okay, so that's a lot, it's still a lot of carbohydrates. You're going out for a three hour ride, you're going to need, uh, let's just say, on average, 150 grams of carbs, you're saying? Somewhere in that range, maybe a little bit it, more. It maybe. just depends. Like, if you were doing, like, so let's look at it this way. <clears throat> if you were going out for under an hour, I wouldn't do any carbohydrate unless you just want something to drink on. Your body doesn't need it, you have enough glycogen. Right. Go out for two hours. <clears throat> up to two hours, you can probably do, yeah, you know, 30 grams an hour. Two to four hours, 60 grams of carbs an hour. And then okay. when you get into that ultra-endurance stuff, then you can might kind of bump it up from there up to 90 grams of carbs an hour. Gotcha. Okay. And so what? in your products, I'm assuming you have carbohydrates. What is the carbohydrate blend that you've chosen <clears throat> and why? So I use dextrose, dextrose, fructose, cyclic dextrin, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, potato powder, and rice powder. And the majority of that is made up of cyclic dextrin because nice. cyclic dextrin is really high density, low osmolarity, meaning it gets in the gut, it passes through quick. If you do other carbohydrate sources <clears throat> in, a, uh, in a bolus amount, like that signals the gut to send a bunch of water in there to basically digest and absorb it, and it just sits there, and that's where you kind of get that stomach distress. So, yeah, with my sports drink, I have that that five carbohydrate blend, which actually like a lot of weightlifters love the our sports drink, even though it's meant for endurance athletes, right. like people love it. Because in addition to that, I have the BCAAs in there and then an electrolyte blend too. So it kind of covers everything. Like in the last video, you know, I think we talked about BCAAs. BCAAs have quite a few benefits as it relates to endurance performance. Okay, yeah, and then the, the cyclic dextrin is, is very, it's expensive. Um, yep. But it's it's pretty it's very popular with that weightlifting community because a lot of people seem to get a better pump off of it when they're when they're training. Like it's something about the uh, the carbohydrate getting getting to the to the muscle cell quicker or something like that. And yep. uh, and it seems like yeah, very few people have any type of negative effects with it. I've never felt bad on it. You know, where no, I, I have felt bad on other thing, types like, of things. Yeah, and I'm not like I'm not aware of any other like endurance supplement company that uses cyclic dextrin in like their sports drink. That just that just blows my mind. Like it's such a great ingredient and there's 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 research behind it too, which is it's I mean it's really cool. Like in uh <clears throat> like swimmers and time to exhaustion and all this other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so what about what about creatine? Ooh, good question. <clears throat> So creatine, you know, most endurance athletes have a negative stigma about it, mm -hmm. but I would put it up there as one of the most effective supplements for endurance athletes, and for a couple different reasons. I mean, one, I mean, you think about what creatine does. It, it helps you basically rephosphorylate ATP, and ATP is your main energy source that is especially needed for like explosive muscular contractions. So you think like sprinting or climbing up something. And in a lot of endurance athletics, you have that moment where you're going to need to like sprint to the finish line or do a breakaway and things like that. And, you know, the creatine really helps there. So, you know, you take creatine, it saturates muscle creatine storage or creatine phosphate. And again, that contributes the phosphate group to the ADP to make ATP and you have energy. Um, so that's that's one part of it. And then another part of it potentially is uh, creatine acting as an osmolite, too. It may help with like intercellular hydration. So in really hot and humid environments where some endurance activities might occur, you know, creatine could uh, provide a really good benefit. So the one, the one caveat with like creatine for endurance athletes is like, we all know creatine is well studied, it, it appears to be safe. <clears throat> but the one negative side effect, if you can call it that, is, is weight gain, right? Mm -hmm. So 
what I usually recommend, like with creatine endurance athletes, is you can get a lot of the good benefits of creatine without the weight gain if you do about two to three grams daily. And that seems to be the sweet spot. Now, if you don't care about the weight gain, then yeah, absolutely stick with the typical five gram dose of creatine and, you know, be an endurance athlete and then go to the gym and crush out something too. So, right. I guess it does that little bit of weight gain offset. You know, if you're heavier on your bike or heavier <clears throat> swimming on your shoulders, is that weight gain offset the potential benefits that it that it would provide? Well, then you're opening a whole nother can of worms in terms of like strength to weight ratio, really, right. <clears throat> and what that what that sweet spot really is. And that's you know, there's a ton of <clears throat> variables that go into that. Right. So, so you're saying I mean, okay. like I take two to three grams daily, and that seems to be good. Like right. I I like it. I like the way I feel on it. And I should know this, but I it was I, uh, didn't look at the products this morning, unfortunately. Is it in any of your products? It is not right now. Our plan is to make a standalone, just like creatine monohydrate product. <clears throat> and that way the consumer can add it to their yeah. recovery drink. They can add it to the pre-workout if they want to. And it just allows for a little more flexibility. And that's, that's what I was going to ask. If you're training for a triathlon, what, um, and you do decide, you know, you look at the research, clearly I want to do some creatine and let's, let's stick with two and a half grams per day, just like you said. What uh, What is the timing that you think is best for an endurance athlete? I don't think, like, there. as far as I, as far as I know, <clears throat> there's only been one study done on, like, timing of creatine, but that was done in, in weight training <clears throat> by the name of uh, a guy named uh, Jose Antonio. <clears throat> and he showed, like, creatine post-exercise seemed to have the most effect on gains in muscular strength and mass. And I, I think those were the parameters they measure. Um, but I, that's just one research study that demonstrated, you know, we talked before, like research gets closer and closer to an answer. So studies definitely need to be replicated to demonstrate anything further. So for like my opinion on the whole matter now, and I think a lot of people would agree with me is like timing to creatine, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's typically what we write in our blog posts and talk about on these videos and stuff. But a lot of the people who might be watching this uh, may not be as experienced with, as some of our other sports nutrition users who just, yeah, any time of the day, whenever whenever is convenient. Some people like it pre, some people like it post, like whatever. Yep. Um, okay, so I forget which product it was, but you did have some Peak O2 in one of your products, did you not? I did, yep, the combination of cordyceps and a whole bunch of other mushroom strains. That's right, can you explain that to some of the to the viewers? Like, why would you put in a mushroom extract into an endurance supplement? Well, like, cordyceps as a whole is, is a pretty uh, research-like supplement for endurance athletes, mm -hmm. and, and Pico, too, just kind of, like, up the game from just having, like, pure cordyceps as a standalone ingredient. I mean, they have, uh, what do they have in their king trumpet, turkey tail, the cordyceps, and a lot of other reishi, a lot of other mushrooms I can't even pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fully admit that half these supplements I can't even pronounce. But, you know, the Pico 2 I was mostly sold on because there was uh, research done at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hills by uh, Abby Ryan Smith. And they showed some pretty promising results in terms of like improvements in VO2 max and peak power output um, after, I think there were benefits after... Uh, you still see me, Mike? Uh, I, I hear you. I don't see you. Okay, hold on. So I'm, Come on back. I'm, I'm sure you can edit this out, right? I can, if I remember to. Oh, you're, my yeah, God, you're, your face like... is, you should see your face, though. Your face is stuck on quite a quite a scene here. Oh, boy. There we go. Okay, good? Hey, all right. <laughs> Welcome back. I don't know if I'm going to edit that. No, we'll see. Okay, so um, where were we? We were talking about Muslims, Chapel Hill. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, University of Chapel, North Carolina Hills showed that PICO2 are demonstrated that PICO2 can improve VO2 max, peak power output, 
<clears throat> in endurance athletes. And that's what really caught my attention. There's been a few studies on it. And the thing with PICO2, <clears throat> kind of like with like beta alanine and beetroot powder for endurance athletes, the more you take it, the better it works. So it's like a loading thing. But even after, I think it was like <clears throat> four to seven days of PICO2 at four grams daily. And I think there was another part that was one gram daily started to show these improvements in these endurance parameters. So that's really why we included PICO2 in our endurance pre-workout. Gotcha, yeah, and so some of our regular viewers will be sick of hearing this story, but I like to talk about it um, for anyone who's new coming from the endurance world. My story with, with PICO2 is that um, I wear a heart rate monitor across my chest when I train, and I am very familiar with what my what different exercises do to my body, especially uh, when weightlifting pretty consistently. And I noticed that when on Pico 2, the same like weight uh, in deadlifts, for instance, when I'm on Pico 2, my heart rate is considerably lower, like 10 beats per minute lower after <clears> the same exact training. And so uh, I like to use my heart rate monitor as a way to measure, you know, basically the, the physical amount of work my body's got to do to keep up. And I, to me, it's like one of the, the easiest things to measure to communicate with my body and get its feedback outside of how I'm feeling. And so it's like more of a mechanical thing. And for whatever reason, this stuff makes me, it makes my heart have to do less work to get the same job done. Don't know why, and it, that's it, not necessarily <clears throat> endurance, but it could correlate to endurance uh, because of that. So that's my story, and that's why I like Pico too. It does add yep. a little bit of like earthiness to the flavor, but at yep. this point, the supplement companies have gotten so good at flavoring it, it's like, it's not uh, negative, it's just not gonna, probably won't taste like candy anymore, but uh, <laughs> to me, the benefits definitely outweigh that little bit of a uh, of negative, and, and, and that there's a little bit of earthiness to the taste, but. Yeah, yeah, it just depends what you wanna do. Like, I'd rather have like performance over taste any day. Like, if you can hit a happy combination between those two, like, I'm happy. Absolutely, yeah, and it seems like yeah, your your demographic are definitely the the more hardcore endurance athletes who are on the same page as you. Yeah, they're so, a little more crunchy hippie individuals too, so they probably like the earthy taste. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Are, are they going to be mad when you call them crunchy? Not at all. But my my followers love me. They know I just know how it is. <laughs> awesome. So you also have mentioned beta alanine. What's the story with beta alanine for endurance athletes? Uh, so very kind of controversial it's like that unsafe but controversial and that doesn't work for weightlifting is what we have to you know deal with a lot on this channel what about you yeah i still think the research is a little bit conflicted but, mm -hmm. uh, but along the same lines of caffeine i think beta alanine is probably a more effective supplements for endurance athletes so i mean as as you guys all probably know like it's not the beta alanine that does anything. Like when you ingest the beta alanine, it's converted to carnosine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> carnosine is a muscle acidity buffer. So like when you endurance exercise and it gets more intense, the breakdown of like all the macronutrients causes a rise in hydrogen ions, causes muscle acidity, and carnosine basically buffers that in a sense, right? So beta alanine most effective for like really intense bouts lasting about if I'm research if I remember correctly 60 to 240 seconds yeah so again like things like uh, breakaway sprints and, and things like that um, but again the research is I mean it's, it's a little hit or miss like some some research shows you know it is pretty effective some shows no results some show you know not significant compared to placebo um, and, and, and who knows those why I mean there's so many variables that go into play like with a person's physiology and the type of activity and, and things like that I mean it's it's really hard to say. So, I mean, with like the beta alanine, you know, 3.2 grams daily up to 6.4 given range. 
Um, I think beta alanines, it's it's one of those ingredients you got to experiment with and see if it like mm-hmm. it actually works for you. Like I'm not absolutely sold on it. I think the evidence does point to it working, but <clears throat> you know, I still think more research needs to be done. And there's there's probably been a ton of research done on it already, but. Um, yeah, I was reading well, my sports nutrition book the other day, and I think it was one of like possibly effective ingredients. Right. Yeah. Every study should always end with more research is needed. But yeah, I definitely appreciate the uh, the honest response there. And so, what doses have you gone with in any of your supplements? With it? I always go with three point two grams because going if you all give in. A, you, yes, but if you give a consumer more of that and they feel like their face is gonna melt, <laughs> they tend to freak out <laughs> yeah so and, and obviously our regular users know this all the guys who've been lifting and everything they know like we have beta alanine in a lot of our pre-workout formulas it doesn't necessarily need to be taken pre-workout by the way but um and and, and the studies showed that 3.2 grams i think the best studies show they spaced it out throughout the day so i mean that's kind of tough to to replicate obviously so a lot of supplement companies just throw it like yourself just throw it all in at once now yep. uh beta alanine does cause some people to have a tingling sensation known as paresthesia, and it is uh, a non-toxic reaction, but some people Harmless. seem to seem to freak out over it. Other people love it because, like in the weightlifting world, people are like, oh, you know, they take their drink and then maybe they're messing around on their phone or whatever. The tingles is like the reminder, like, yo, this stuff's in your body, go work out. And so yep. a lot of people do like it. But uh, for those of you who are who are in the endurance world looking for a little bit extra kick, yeah, this beta alanine stuff, it, it, it's controversial for many, for multiple reasons, and none of them because it's unsafe, but more because like some people get the tingles up their neck and they freak out. Other people yep. love it. Some people think the studies are good. Other people, you know, want more research and so on. But overall, it's it's to this point where um, it's it's been shown to be safe enough and it's been shown to be uh, you know inexpensive enough that it is definitely worth messing with. Now, one thing that we sometimes say is that if you have a high amount of carbohydrate in you, it might buff, it might dampen the amount of uh, tingles that you get from it. And given that endurance athletes are usually carbers, that might work out in your favor. Um, and so I think would really, I, I think there's like kind of a carnosine pool in your body. And so maybe for some people it doesn't work. Maybe like for whatever reason, they already have tons of carnosine and don't need any more. And they're kind of like maxed out or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you could speak to well, that. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, carnosine kind of falls along, beta carnosine kind of falls along the same lines as like creatine. One, it needs to be loaded to be effective. So like beta alanine, you need to load 3.2 grams for 28 days to saturate, saturate muscle carnosine stores. And on the same token too, like you couldn't get, you couldn't eat enough meat unless you like go to a Brazilian steakhouse and eat like 20 steaks <laughs> to get it. the amount of carnosine to like saturate carnosine source. So kind of like creatine, like you like legitimately to get five grams of creatine a day, you'd have to eat like 20 pieces of meat, which some people might be going, oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but carnosine's mm-hmm. along, this, along the same lines. To, for it to be effective, like, I would highly, highly, highly doubt any individual can saturate their muscle carnosine stores through diet alone. You, it's something you have to supplement with, just like creatine. Gotcha. Okay, so it sounds like a, something definitely to be added. When you mentioned beta alanine, you also mentioned something else, and now I'm forgetting though. Um, what else do you have? What else do do you like to rely on? Any other? You mentioned branched chain amino acids. There might be some benefits there. Well, like in the whole hierarchy of things, so like so far we've talked about carbs, caffeine, and beta alanine. But before beta alanine, <clears throat> I would put beetroot powder. Oh, that's the one. Uh, before that, so most supplement companies use beetroot powder as like a coloring agent, right? Right. But 
beetroot powder is pretty darn effective and consistently effective in improving, improving endurance performance. And again, it's one of those ingredients that will have an acute effect, but the more you take it and load it, the more effective it becomes. And the way that beetroot powder works is it's actually pretty interesting. I don't know if anybody knows the exact mechanism that they tell you they do. They're probably lying. Um, but somehow it lowers the oxygen and ATP cost of exercise, and it also decreases the breakdown of, of phosphocreatine. So it makes basically muscular contractions more efficient, and it makes harder exercise seem easier because it requires less ATP. Now, I don't know if this is due to, since um, beetroot powder is a high source of nitrates and nitrates cause endothelial relaxation. Right. You know, that might be one of the reasons why beetroot powder works so good for endurance athletes. I mean, we're talking anywhere from like five to 15% improvements in time trial performance for some cyclists, but um, I would be lying if I said I knew the exact physiological mechanisms as far as why it works. Like, I mean, we know it's the nitrates, but you know what the nitrates doing to produce this effect, you know, who knows for sure. So, so but yeah, there are, so yeah, there are plenty of nitrate based ingredients out there. Uh, but there's also just beetroot extract, which is, it, needs, it seems like it needs to be standardized for a high amount of nitrates. And there's, of course, we're getting a lot of stuff that might be untested or cheaper. How do you go about, deciding on if you do want to go the beetroot method instead of just getting like a patented nitrate what how would you decide that because with a patented nitrate i know or even if i was going to take like potassium nitrate or something i know that i'm going to get xyz a perfect you know percentage amount with beetroot extract how you know i don't know what's going on back there so how do you as a supplement company formulate and choose a beetroot well, there's, there's one of three things you can do with like beets. Like through your diet, like you can drink 0.5 liters of beetroot juice daily, which, <laughs> you know, I would nice. not want to do that. You can eat a ton of beets or you can go with the beetroot powder or you can go with the beetroot extract. Now, if you're dealing with like a beetroot powder by itself, the main thing is the amount of beetroot powder you put in, you want it to yield about 300 to 500 milligrams of nitrate. So you just basically figure out how, you know, what you have, how much it's gonna to take to yield that amount, and that's how you do it from a formulation standpoint. Then um, it, it's all over the place. Like, I mean, the extracts, I don't know. I don't know, like in terms of efficacy, like, you know, I've heard standardized extracts from like three to 8%, but I would be leery to say if that really did anything from an endurance perspective. You really need to hit that, like, 300 to 500 milligrams of nitrate uh, yield from the beetroot powder. And is this more of an acute thing, taking pre-workout? Yeah, pre beetroot has uh, nice acute effects, but it's something, again, you want to take every day, like beta-alanine and creatine and even like PICO2 to get a greater, greater magnitude of effects. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about taurine? One of the, we've been seeing a, a lot of good taurine research lately. Is this something? Yeah, that... I saw that big meta-analysis come out a while back. Right, we covered um, that. Yeah, yeah, with like I, I think it was. I'm not super familiar with it. I don't think I had a chance to read it through, but I think there were some nice acute effects <clears throat> on endurance performance. But from what we know or what the evidence know, uh, demonstrates is, taurine can do a couple things. One, it's, it can act as an osmolite. It can act as an anti-stressor. And then it can also promote angioneogenesis or the formation of new blood vessels. So, you know, take your pick as far as which one that might be in terms of, in, of endurance performance. But like a sweet spot, like 1,500 to 2,500 oh, milligrams okay. seems to be the, the sweet spot with taurine. 
Um, but yeah, that meta-analysis was pretty cool. Like I mostly thought of like touring as more of like a, uh, a chronic thing where you take it over time and it becomes effective. But after this huge meta-analysis, um, you know, my yeah, there's enough data to show that right, right from the first dose, you're going to get some sort of benefits. So that's, that's yeah. a pretty cool thing that uh, a lot of people are looking to get after it. So uh, with with at the risk of sounding of <laughs> at the risk of overwhelming people with too many supplements, I think we covered most of the main ones, uh, of course. But what about betaine? Have you gone down that road at all and looking into that? Betaine, you know, I I really haven't. Not because it doesn't work, but because I don't. I, at least I'm not familiar with a lot of research done in endurance athletes on betaine. I think betaine's mm -hmm. kind of along the same lines as as taurine a little bit as an anti-stressor and osmolite if i if i remember correctly and there's a uh, you know some research out there like i forget what it is maybe more reps uh things of that nature but betaine is not really something i've explored yet for the endurance market and for no particular reason other than i would probably want to wait to see more evidence come out endurance athletes right yeah and the reason that's on my mind is uh jason Chalo, who put out the first study 2.5 grams per day led to a whole lot of uh more like uh, the the muscle parameters, let's say, that he uh, put out another study recently showing that 2.5 grams per day in women had a lot of great results and better fat loss and all sorts of stuff. So I've uh, invited him onto the channel, hopefully he can get him on, but I would like to just make a solo video kind of just talking about the research study he put out there. And so uh, pretty cool to see that it's like, you got the same guy who's been driving after this one ingredient for the last four or so years, maybe even a little bit more, and uh, seems to be the expert on that. So I'll, cool. I'll, I'll definitely ask him about that, but my question, is, uh, you know, as it seems to work kind of similarly to creatine. And so I'm wondering if, you know, we're already taking creatine, are there many benefits in addition? And if so, like what doses and all that? So that's that's where we're gonna be. So I guess subscribe nice. to the channel, my, my, my shameless plug there. We're gonna try to get into that stuff and there might be awesome. some endurance stuff. So we'll, we'll stay tuned. But yeah, most of the research has been geared towards the uh, the aesthetic stuff and less, yep. less of the endurance for sure. Um, Absolutely. All right. Yeah, awesome. And so that's uh that should be a, a pretty good batch of stuff right there. What yep. are, are we missing anything else? Anything that you're excited about? Anything in the future maybe happening or? Um, I mean, yeah, just you know, I'm just trying to bring a lot of innovation to like win the endurance supplement industry. Like out of all these you know years, like in our first video, we talked about my consulting gigs. You know, I've taken taken a lot from each company I've worked with, and that's why I'm really trying to combine into Endurly. So like for example, with Nutribio trying to have that uh, quality and transparency, mm -hmm. you know, then with like innovation, the guys like performance and Chris over at Inspired Nutraceuticals, like the innovation standpoint, and then like the guys over at Muscle Sport, like, you know, run a business in a good way and make a product appealing and look good and stuff like that. So all these things I've taken together to learn. That's, I mean, that's my main goal. Like I want to bring innovation to the endurance supplement industry that's beyond just like the sports drinks and the gels and you know the chews and waffles and stuff like that i mean I, will i do products like that yeah because there's a place with like you know that's what i'm thinking you could do a gel but then throw in some of these ingredients we're talking about and disrupt each individual thing with yep. our know-how and all that i guess absolutely well that's that's the exact plan like i have i have <laughs> zero interest in making a crap product i have zero interest in like mimicking somebody else like if i'm gonna make something like i'm not gonna put my reputation on the line just to put out another piece of garbage Awesome, awesome, yep. Matt. Um, okay, cool. So uh, we're gonna link to in the in the blog post and in the YouTube description. We're gonna link to uh, all your channels. You have a lot of videos on Facebook. You put on YouTube, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Do you have a specific video 
that you think people should watch on your channel that you maybe something recent on your head or uh, just like a, the go-to video like to see like what's this brand all about or just like a little bit more down this road do you have uh, the one that that you want to specifically uh, link to I or mean, embed I'm, I'm going to steer you with like oddly enough like I shot over probably close to 200 videos now, and I think only in five of them I have talked about one of my products. Right, honestly. right. So I'm going to steer people down a little bit different road. Yeah, please do. So they, so they can get a good laugh, and I'm going to direct them to my uh, Busting the BS video on Bulletproof Coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a real gem. <laughs> nice. And so so the Bulletproof uh, world, let's go, let's just, do you have a few minutes just to talk for a few minutes about oh, this? Oh, I have all the time in the world to talk about Bulletproof coffee. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I was going to more go into the, so Bulletproof is obviously targeted, well, it should be targeted more towards the people who are high fat dieters looking to get a little bit more fat calories and less of the other calories uh, is my take. But uh, how does that play into the endurance world? And I don't know if you covered that like part of your if that was even part of your video or if you're just attacking bulletproof coffee or whatever. But... I was just bashing bulletproof coffee. <laughs> yeah. It, and it was just basically like on the fact of these like asinine claims, like increases testosterone, burns fat, like, and not just like, okay, maybe it burns a little fat and a little bit calories, but it's, let's, 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 let's shoot it straight here. Uh, like any effect you're getting, like for the most part, in terms of like increases in RMR and like, you know, losing body weight, stuff like that. Most of it, feelings of well-being, all this other stuff people promote about Bulletproof Coffee. I mean, it's mostly from the caffeine, like, and they promote like all these healthy fats, like CLA. CLA doesn't do a damn thing for fat loss. <laughs> it just, these are the things that like keep me up at night. I just like get pissed about and like, guys need to shoot a video on this because yeah. I need to get this out before I like do something. But um, yeah, I mean like, I inherently, I don't have a problem with like Bulletproof Coffee and some of these other fads. I have a problem when people start making all these ridiculous Claim. claims that mm -hmm. people buy into. That's when I have a problem. I so, see. yeah, like, you know, keto or like Bulletproof Coffee, yeah, if you like it, drink it, man. I mean, if it helps you lose weight, it's not because it's a magic pill. It's probably just because you're consuming less calories throughout the day, more than likely. So, yeah, if you like it, absolutely. Does it fit well within the keto lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, you have the MCTs, you have the butter, you have low carbs. And then, yeah, the whole like uh, keto and endurance athletes, that might be a That might, that be, a might be a separate video, but I mean, here's my, uh, my take as of right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it seems extremely beneficial for ultra endurance athletes who need to carry their energy on their body. And yep. then everyone else, if you're gonna do it, it's probably gonna probably take a pretty sharp hit for quite a while unless you get adapted um, and very well adapted. And then it depends on if it's good for you or not. Some people just seem to be genetic ketone machines, and other people aren't. But uh, yep. my take is so my take is ultra endurance athletes. I think is a very smart idea. Everyone else, eh, uh, maybe maybe not. Yeah, I would I would attend to agree with you this. And here's my not my big beef with you know being in keto like. Makes sense for the ultra endurance athletes because as a whole, like your muscles can store, depending on what type of athlete you are, anywhere from like 400 to 100 grams of glycogen that can be used as energy, where like your fat pretty much like represents an unlimited like energy source. The point, the thing I have with keto and where I get confused, and uh, the truth be told, a lot of people know a lot more about keto than I mm -hmm. do, is I just always wonder about that point of inflection where your body like on keto makes that transition from burning fat to going on carbohydrates. So 
even if you're on keto, if you're on a ketogenic diet and you're an ultra endurance race, you know, I would probably still incorporate some strategy in there to use carbs during the base of carbs. Yeah, low especially first. Yeah, exactly. Because you get to a long grinder hill and you're on keto, like you're on a ketogenic diet, you're going to have absolutely zero anything in the tank when your body goes into anaerobic glycolysis because I mean, anaerobic glycolysis wants glycogen, it wants carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So in the research, I mean, there's decent research in endurance athletes and keto. Uh, my partner could speak uh, better to this, but yeah, it seems like what you said, like the, the best applications seem to be in those ultra endurance type events. Uh, but the thing like with, with keto too is like, yeah, some people really like it, but man, I tried it and it is damn hard to stick to. Like that's my whole thing with it too. Like, not that I disagree with it, you know, I'm, I'm a carb machine, like I'll always promote carb and the body of evidence suggests carbs are better for endurance activity. But who knows? I mean, who knows what happens with keto and the ultra endurance and athlete and, you know, you know, you can read all the evidence and studies in the world too. And, but if you find something that works for you, it doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong, right? You don't have to rely on the science all the time. Field experience plays a big role in, in success too, in my uh, humble opinion. Definitely. I think we should, yeah, we, we should get a little bit deeper into that a little bit later. And, and overall, like what are those, what are the strategies for an ultra endurance or a, a longer endurance athlete who wants to be in this uh, state of ketosis, but when do you spike in those exogenous ketones or spike in some carbohydrates to make it happen? Um, yep. Cause I think that's, I think that's going to be where the, the ultra endurance world can have some serious benefits is having the best of both worlds when your body is just adapted to do whatever and you just yep. give it the right thing at the right time. And so that's my personal take. And uh, typically yep. I like to let you close off with your personal take and everything, but I definitely thank you so much for joining us here and uh, excited. We'll make, we'll make some links down to your stuff below and, uh, and to those uh, videos that you talked about, which are definitely oh, appreciated. Oh, in trouble. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're already in trouble. It's already, it's already yep. posted. <laughs> yep, don't <laughs> care. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, signing off right now. Thank you so much. And you can subscribe to our channel. We'll make links. You can subscribe to Endure Elite and find them on social media. And we will be linking to that video. Thanks again, Matt. Hey, thank you.